Welcome to Hong Kong Business Owners. I'm Carmen, founder of this podcast that shares inspiring stories from entrepreneurs based in Hong Kong. Whether you created your own business, thinking about doing so, or simply curious to discover business creation stories, you'll get to listen to unique business owners' journeys to learn what it takes to start a company, what the keys to success are, how to apprehend failures and challenges, and what to keep in mind when developing your own business. I hope each episode will inspire you and guide you in your current or future projects. Hi everyone, so today is the new episode of Hong Kong Business Owners. I welcome Celine, founder of The Rebel Moms, a fashion brand that celebrates motherhood, providing them with clothes to make them stylish and fashionable. And it's also a platform for moms to share their stories freely without judgment. Hi, Celine. Welcome on the podcast. Hi, Carmen. Thanks for having me. How are you today? Very good. How are you? I'm fine. So your brand, The Rebel Moms, isn't only a brand that sells clothes. It's also a community of moms that are together to spread a different vision of motherhood. So it's actually a, a brand with a purpose. Um, and is it that desire to change motherhood that triggers the start of your brand? Yes, uh, definitely. Because in uh, the Asian culture, I think that there's actually a very typical stereotype of how a mom should look like. It's called a mom look. And um, usually mm -hmm. women feels, um, you know, self-conscious if they don't look like a mom after becoming a mom. But what what is the mom? What does it look like, the mom look? The mom look, I think, first of all, quite conservative. And some oh. mom decided to cut their hair short. And um, one is like during pregnancy, they think that having long hair will steal all the nutrition from the baby. And second is that they feel like having long hair is not suitable for being a mom. And also uh, the way they dress, I think, is to more cover their imperfection on their bodies. And because no one want to look at a body of a mom. Mm. And so oftentimes there's a mom look. And uh, it's actually, I have to say, The look is um, very standard, and I feel like some of the mom maybe don't enjoy it like me. I don't think that I want to cut my hair short or just dress like a mom or cover the so-called imperfection. I think that after pregnancy, mm. yes, my body changed, but I don't think that that's an ugly change. Yeah. <laughs> and is it something that it is cultural, like in Hong Kong or in China or in Asia or... Is it also somewhere else? Uh, I think so, because for me, my background is that I actually used to study and lived in the U.S. for a very long time and also lived in China, and I, I, I was like born and raised in Hong Kong, so I really understand three-culture perspective. And I think that I do see a very common thing that's happening is that women are often like following these rules of the standard of how we should look like doesn't matter if we're moms a girl mm. you know women you know, we just have like this very standard that we have to follow and to feel normal yeah um you worked in in the you lived in the u.s uh before and also before launching this brand you were working in a very different industry for lo quite a long time Um, but also you studied fashion when you were younger and now you 
are coming back to this industry. So what what made you come back to it? Um, well, first of all, like when I, you know, since I was a little girl, I actually, you know, self-taught myself how to draw at a really young age. So I, I was always very passionate about fashion and drawing pe people and style and clothes. Um, growing up, I wanted to be a fashion designer. That's why I pursued fashion design in college. But the problem is after I graduated and I actually worked in a few fashion companies, um, an intern, I actually didn't have a very good experience. Mm -hmm. I feel like in the fashion world can be quite difficult and quite cold and sometimes quite cruel. Um, How so? Feels like, you know, it's just not very helpful. Like sometimes you don't mm -hmm. understand things and, you know, sometimes it's ex you're expected to know everything. But you actually want to learn and to understand things and and also quite competitive as well. So, um, you know, as a, you know, someone that's fashion, like really passionate about fashion design, really want, I would really want to design something. But the thing is, sometimes like people don't often see the same view as you and mm. they will discourage you as, as soon as they realize you are not the same style as them. These things are very subjective and I have a lot of, times that people would say that oh your stuff is not good enough you're a bad designer you you shouldn't do fashion design you, you your stuff are crap like things like that wow that's so, tough it's very tough and i you know it, i felt really defeated that's why i love fashion mm. yeah and i came back to fashion because um you know i really got inspired during my pregnancy two pregnancies during covid wow. so yeah i i felt the strong urge of um creating this brand because of how the society is right now and I think that now the society is also trending in this kind of topic about women and like you know body positive and also how women are portrayed for centuries how we should dress like how we should look like how we should behave mm. and I feel like I I was one of the person that was like you know blinded with a lot of things and I think I'm finally kind of like awoke from it and I the moment I'm at work, I, I wanted to create this brand. But do you think that uh, what also helps helped you going towards that direction, apart from pregnancy, is also that maybe as you lived abroad, you could, you know, gain experience and knowledge from different culture, and then it opens up your mind like, oh, actually... I understand like the difference and maybe it got you thinking about all of that um, and yeah and you were so you, for a long time you quit fashion and do you think you gained skills that you can now apply to your job now because I guess for uh, many years you were like doing very something very different mm -hmm. I'm, I mean like yeah I think what I have learned during those times when I was in fashion definitely helped me right now to mm -hmm. shape me who, to who I am and to build my own company. I learned a lot, but at the same time, I feel like, um, you know, I, I, I wish that, you know, it wasn't as like unhelpful when I wanted help when I was younger. So now when I look at younger people, I often like to really help them and explain th things to them. And tell them that you know they're talented instead of discouraging them. Mm. Mm. And um, so you had this uh, epiphany with your pregnancy during COVID that must have been tough. 
but also maybe it was a good time to get pregnant because we were all locked down. <laughs> um, so then how did it start? So you realized that and actually your desire was to help women. Yes. And then what happened after that? I mean, it all started with that one comment uh, when I was three months pregnant trying to buy a jeans for my pregnancy. And uh, I went to this maternity place and the staff lady was, um, you know, commenting on how fat I look. They say wow. that, wow, this is your first pregnancy. How come you look so big? Oh. And that really made me uncomfortable and ashamed of myself. I kept thinking maybe I shouldn't eat so much. Um, I felt ashamed that I'm not like any other woman that I see online, especially a lot of social me media in Hong Kong, like often the stars, celebrities, they bounce right back after pregnancy. And oftentimes they, um, they just, uh, you know, barely gain any weight during pregnancy. So that also pressured me to feel like I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't being a good woman. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm not, you know, just I'm not doing the right things and I wanted to fit in so I was like kind of having a depression because seeing my body grow that big and seeing stretch marks and seeing myself you know just look so different really made me self-conscious and sad and then after you know giving birth I went through a little period of um I think depression yeah that I wasn't sharing with anyone because I felt ashamed apparently in Asian culture that's a shameful thing to share wow. so I uh, didn't share and it made it worse mm. so during that time I think that um, that's when I got inspired and realized that this is actually not okay maybe I wasn't the first, only person that feels this way and mm -hmm. I, I maybe I should do something about it so yeah I did something about it do you feel that uh, in Hong Kong especially There's a, like, fat shaming here. How dare she tell you something about your body if you're in a shop to buy clothes and you're pregnant? I guess I... I guess, like, I don't know if it's, like, called fat shaming, but just more like there's a standard in Hong mm. Kong that if you don't look like that, you are not in shape. Okay. So, but I guess that lady was a bit intense, I have to say. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, I do sometimes feel self-conscious because I'm actually quite tall. I'm mm. a 5'8", so, mm. you know, in, in Hong Kong, I'm actually giant. <laughs> so if I am, you know, you know, a bit chubbier, I, I will be considered fat. So, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. But when I, when I was uh, in the U.S., when I lived in the U.S., I was considered very skinny. <laughs> <laughs> different standard. <laughs> yes, very different standard. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and actually when you started this project, it was a, more like a community of women because you wanted to share your experience. So how did it go? Yeah, I actually just started with a group of women. Just, you know, they're all like mom, mom entrepreneur. We all try to start something and uh, we all wanted to, um, you know, create some sort of, um, you know, support system with yeah. each other. So I just started with a really small group and I shared my views. Um, not every mom supported me, actually. A lot of them yeah. just told me that this is not going to work. Yeah, only I think one or two people told me that, you know, this is cool. And that out of like 10 people. <laughs> so, yeah, it was tough. But um, I started posting some quotes online to 
you know, share to the world and see how people feel. And I realized that I was getting a lot of um, likes, actually. Mm -hmm. And so that um, kind of encouraged me to share more of my own quotes and feelings about motherhood. And that's how I started. And then obviously when, you know, I realized that the standard of how mom should look like, that really inspired me to make mom look stylish. Mm. And that's how I started this fashion brand, yeah. Cool. That's so cool to start a... With a community, because then you know you have people following you, and mm-hmm. and it's more than just clothes; it has a, a meaning yeah. behind it. Yeah. Um, and then, so you started designing the clothes, and how 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 do you start all of this? Because uh, it's a big um, big project. You need to find suppliers. You need to find the the raw materials. You need to make the clothes actually so how was it was it during covid that you started yeah, this it was during covid yeah it was it was tough because covid uh, everything was slow it was like not you know we weren't allowed to travel mm-hmm. and you know even meeting people was difficult so and i was also pregnant most of the time and um it was really tough for me but i really wanted to you know be a rebel and really work through my you know work through this project through my pregnancy and to show that you know I'm really passionate about this and I really want to make this work I actually you know I need to source you know fabric you know locally in Hong Kong find seamstress locally in Hong Kong just to make samples Mm. and you know design everything on my own actually the entire brand including brand logo brand identity website clothing Every single little thing was designed by me. There's not no one helped me at that time. Oh. Yeah, so it's actually all one one person job. And then I have some external help with just small things because it was COVID as well. So it was hard mm-hmm. to um, really, you know, communicate with people yeah. at that yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, actually, you it's your brand and you are the founder, but you also have a business partner, which is your husband. Uh, actually, you are both co-founders. Uh, so how is it to work with your husband on this project? And what are your roles? So, um, you know, it was very mentally draining for me to build this brand while I was pregnant and going through COVID. Uh, for me, you know, there was like a lot of discouragement. Building this brand, a lot of people, lots of people told me that it wasn't going to work. And... There were times that I was having like pregnancy hormones. So, um, yeah, I wanted to give up like a thousand times, but my husband was the one that was supporting me the whole time, telling me, no, you, you're not stupid. Keep going. Keep go-. You know, I, be- I believe in your dream and I believe in your brand. Keep pushing it. So, you know, that really helped me to build my brand. That's why I named him my co-founder, because without him, there's no way that, you know, I can even go through with this. Mm. Yeah. It's very inspiring because I heard a, a a few women they have a job, they have kids and deep down they would like to be entrepreneur but they still fearful because it's a it's, it can be scary, you know, because mm-hmm. you can feel lonely sometimes. Uh also money-wise it's not always super easy to manage. And, and forecast what you'll get. Um, and when you have kids also, you have so many things to do. Um, 
So I think they would be very inspired listening to you uh, that it's possible to have kids and be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And you started your brand while you were pregnant. So I hope they'll listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I have so much respect for full-time moms because mm-hmm. I actually think that full-time moms is actually a super, super tough job. But I also do want to inspire the woman to know that just because you're a mom doesn't mean that you cannot do something that you love and mm. be entrepreneur yourself. So you started all of this alone. And now are you working with other people? And if yes, then what, what's your job now today? Right now, I'm actually, because my brand is a very like um, community brand that I want to bring people together. So I actually want to work with different platforms in Hong Kong that are, you know, have sharing the same uh, views and mission mm-hmm. like me, like, you know, encouraging women, um, mother's platform, mother and kids, like, organ- like maybe even like some organization that I can work with, like for mental health, uh, like body image, like just all sorts of that. Um, yeah, that I'm, I'm actually reaching out to people that I would like to collaborate with and um, design more cool clothes, stylish clothes for moms, yeah. Mm. And do you also design clothes for kids? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do design clothes like matching outfits uh, from my launch collections and my celebration collection, and it's... Um, actually exclusive for that um i think moms love matching with their kids so that's why i designed them <laughs> all right so yeah so you're more part of you're more responsible of the design part still and also the kind of the the community come part and how do you manage the rest like do you work with the freelancers or do you have full-time employees I have both, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I'm the type of people that like to do a lean startup. I don't like to um, go too crazy in the beginning. I like Mm -hmm. to start with small things and, you know, just develop as you go. I think that's my advice for startup. Like, don't just overspend in the beginning and don't, you know, hire too many people in the beginning. Just start with small things first, like have freelancer help you. And then later on, you can evolve to maybe part-time, full-time. Mm. Take your time to build because, you know, it takes time to build a brand. You don't just build a brand overnight or you think yeah. like a few months I'll build a brand. Actually, it takes way longer than that. For me, in my experience, um, your brand will keep evolving. You think that you have the best idea today, you might have a better idea one year later. And mm. your brand might sound even more badass one year later. So just, you know, keep building keep evolving and just develop you know on as you go with people mm. how it is to because um, it's your brand it's like your baby how it is to delegate some tasks to other people because i guess this is not super easy when you are used to you know do everything so you have control over it but even if it's you know freelancers how is it to, to say okay <laughs> You do that job, you know, you're just managing that person, but you don't actually do the job yourself. I think that managing people doesn't mean you don't have um, uh, things to do. I think managing people is actually quite a difficult task. 
um, it's not easy at all. So I never think that having you know someone that work for me is like gonna make my life easier in a yeah. way that like I don't have to do anything anymore. No, actually, it's a lot of management, you know, and also managing the expectation, managing you know the workload, managing you know how your relationship is with the person. So. Um, I think that's what you know. Any entrepreneur out there should keep in mind when you're managing people. It's not gonna be less work. It's not. Yeah. It's definitely gonna be more work. And but then it will make your company bigger, grow bigger, and you know, you know, one person compared with two people, the result will be. If you have two people, you'll have bigger result, and that's your expectation should、mm. be like. Working with you know a team, how do you make sure that? You really share your values. You keep the same,、uh, the same vision for your brand, the same mindset that you share that with the people in your team. How do you do that? I think、um, I usually will know when I interview someone if they share the same mindset with me.、Mm-hmm. I have interviewed people that I I can just tell they they don't see my vision, and it's okay because I don't think that. You know, I'm not doing this for everyone. I'm doing、yeah. that for people that w- yeah, yeah. believe in what I'm doing. So, when I see someone, I can tell if they believe in my mission. Then usually it works.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And、uh, how do you keep? Because the the community of your brand is something super important to you. And also, we can see on your Instagram page that there's a mix between the quotes. Uh, between clothes, and so we can see that this community is super powerful. How do you keep the community engaged? Is it part of the vision of your company? Is it part of the, you know, the plan?、Um, so we will be re- like releasing some、uh, series of called the Hundred Moms campaign、mm-hmm. from the Rebel Moms, which is going to bring us closer because、um, we'll be sharing by. You know different moms of their stories.、Um, you know how their stories like being a mother or journey of a woman wanting to be a mother. Different types of stories. So、um, I think that will be a platform, and also have a space in Central right now at PMQ. I want that to be a space for moms to gather and to have conversations, because I think that is very important, and I want to keep women. You know, to like you know, women that are passionate about the same mission, in loop, and to you know, can meet each other.、Mm-hmm. That that's why I also have an offline space and also online. I have a platform for people to share their、um, stories. Okay, so I guess yeah, this is part of your plan. And do you have a, I guess you have, medium and long term objectives. Do you have this in mind,、uh, on top of The daily tasks.、Um, you mean like, like a, vis- a long-term vision for your business, where you wanted to go. I don't know, in five years or even more than that. Do you have this、uh, somewhere in your mind? And if yes, do you share it with the people you work with? Yeah, actually, you know, I think for a you know startup entrepreneur, when you build a business. You want to build it to last, and I—that's my mentality. I want to build something that lasts. That's why I take my time, and I actually want to build something that you know I can keep the conversation going. 
So yeah, my mentality is that I hope the future, like you know, this can be global. Ah, cool. Maybe outside of Hong Kong. For sure. Yeah. Ah, for sure. Cool. Okay. And talking about Hong Kong, what's the fashion landscape looks like here? Because I'm I've been here for a year, and I I really love fashion and clothes, and I don't want to sound mean, but.、Uh, So far in Hong Kong, I mean, apart from your brand, I haven't seen super nice clothes or, you know, like. Also, I come from Paris, but so maybe I'm biased <laughs> because, you know, in in some countries they have this taste for clothes, and maybe I'm wrong, but I personally I haven't seen that in Hong Kong. Is it something that you? Find too, and and yeah, and what are what about the other fashion brands here? I mean, I'm not saying there are not good fashion brands here, but you know, in general. Yeah, I actually hear a lot of people say the same thing about、okay. Hong Kong fashion scene.、Um, I, you know, that's the thing that I feel really strongly about actually, because I I'm from Hong Kong, so I. I feel like that. This is why I need to do something about it because、um, I want to, you know, change that. You know, does this thought about how Hong Kong fashion scene is? I think that I'm sure Hong Kong have like talented people that、mm. are in fashion, but I think they just went overseas. They often don't stay in Hong Kong, and I see. I actually know some friends that are actually very good designers, but they just.、Um, They don't. They don't live in Hong Kong, or they just go somewhere else to pursue their career, which、mm-hmm. makes sense because I feel like in like fashion in Hong Kong doesn't seem like the most、um, appealing industry to be in. But、um, I, but I see it differently. I do see a really big potential, and I feel like I want to really represent Hong Kong as a Hong Kong fashion designer that's starting a fashion brand with a platform. And you know, I really want to change that perception of how you know Hong Kong fashion scene is.、Mm. But what do you know? Why designers go overseas? Is it? Do you have an exp- an explanation of why the Hong Kong fashion scene is like that? To be honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But if you ask me, if I think about it, maybe they feel like. Overseas, like for example, like Paris, right? It's well known for、mm. fashion scenes. So I think just the idea of it, or New York Fashion Week, like you know these things, like you you think that going overseas will be you know much more、um, appealing. I think like the fashion world, and there's just so much more going on. Whereas Hong Kong, I feel like comparatively, I don't think it's as many opportunity as you can see.、Mm. Yeah, and also. Hong Kong is a seems to be a very nice city to start projects and start a business,、mm. so it might also inspire people to do the same thing. Yeah, I think Hong Kong these days has kind of like I think after COVID, it just got really quiet,、mm. and、um, I, you know that's also I think why a lot of people are just moving away from Hong Kong. And business are closing down in Hong Kong, and 
I, I do have faith in Hong Kong. I feel like Hong Kong will go back to normal, and Hong Kong is a place for people to start something. It's it's a fast-paced city. It's a city, you know, full of hope and dreams. So I believe that Hong Kong is still a very good place to start a business. Yeah. yeah. Actually, people leaving Hong Kong may be an opportunity to, you know, have more space to do something, yeah, actually. That's a good way to see it, <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to see it. And do you think that uh, regarding the fashion industry, do you think that China has an influence also? I feel like China fashion is very broad. I think they're very adaptable in a way because um, Chinese culture, they have their own way of thinking about fashion. But at the same time, I feel like they're not as conservative. They're actually very open-minded. They, mm -hmm. they actually really like fashion from Paris. They love it. They actually, a lot of people travel there to buy things. And yeah. I think also Western fashion, I, when I, you know, I was just visiting Shanghai during summer and I realized that people there is so fashionable. They're really, you know, open-minded. Like you can see actually moms dressed in like oh. really cool red polka dot, like vintage outfit with red lipstick and heels and just, you know, play dress up with their kids and you know, it's just a very normal thing you see around Shanghai mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that is very cool. So mm. I think it's it's a bit different, but very open-minded, I think. Do you have uh, clients in uh, China? Because you lived in China for a while. Um, yeah, but I was uh, studying at that time. Oh, okay. Do you sell clothes in China? Oh, not yet, but okay. we're thinking about it, yeah. After, I think we want to um, expand globally mm -hmm. so yeah china definitely somewhere we have in mind as well okay cool so for now you sell mostly online and you also have a pop-up store that's what you were saying yes we have a physical store now in pmq central so um yeah we have a store and we also sell online and now we ship internationally actually we just announced it today oh today yeah okay, ship internationally cool. yes nice good news <laughs> all right so I guess this is a, in terms of logistic, was it another challenge on top of the rest? Um, no, as soon as you figure out that you can ship globally, I mean, because that's the reason why I started is because I do have a lot of friends from the U.S. are requesting to buy my things. And, you know, I, you know, I feel mm. very excited about it. So I, I figured it out how to ship internationally. Cool. Good announcement. I'm glad we have this announcement also here. <laughs> All right. So this brings us to the last question. So do you have any tips to share with current business owners? Or also, as I was referring to, you know, moms who would secretly dream of creating their own business. Do you also have tips or advice to share with them? Um, I think that, um, you know, I do have a story actually to share. Uh, I, when I was, uh, three months postpartum, you know, someone told me that, you know, like an older person told me that, you know, after being a mom, usually mom should just stay home and be a mom. If you, you pursue career, that's actually a bad mom behavior. That's a very old thinking. I'm mm -hmm. not saying she's wrong. I think there are still a lot of people that believe in that, and especially the older generation. She told me that, like, you know, your mom and you should stay home and you shouldn't be pursuing your career. You should just be useless, pretty much. I 
cut this fire in me and made me really don't want to do that. I want to go the opposite because I don't believe in that. I think that, you know, mom shouldn't be that way, especially if you don't want to. And my advice is that never let anyone tell you that you cannot do anything when you become a mom. You can do anything you want, even if you're a mom.、Mm. So don't let anyone stop you. I think that's very good、um, advice to end the episode. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story and for letting us know more about the Rebel Moms.、Um, we learned a lot also about the fashion industry. I think it was super inspiring.、Um, it was lovely to have you on the podcast. So thank you. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation.、Uh, so, where can we find out more about? The Rebel Moms?、Um, you can visit our website and our IG. Our IG is The Rebel Moms, like M U M S. And you can also visit our website, www.therebelmoms.com.、Uh, so, all the links、uh, to the website and social media are in the description of the episode. Thanks to you, my dear listeners. I hope you're inspired by today's business story. And if you're thinking about running your own business, you might now be one step closer to doing so. See you in two weeks for a new business story. And don't forget to leave me five stars to support me and follow me on Instagram at hk.businessowners. Bye. <laughs>